Hello, and welcome to episode 18 of the Metal Chat Podcast. My name is Melissa, and I am coming to you from Boston, Massachusetts. I am here with my trusty co-host, Maeve Kitty. Today is May 9th, and if you live anywhere around the world except for Europe, today is Mother's Day. So for all you moms out there, happy Mother's Day. And that includes pet moms. I myself am a kitty mom, and I very much consider Maeve Kitty not only my co-host, but also my child. This week's episode, I am speaking with my friend, Tasha. It's kind of a long conversation. There's a few housekeeping things that I'm going to get out of the way before I start this episode. First, as always, I want to reach out and thank everyone for the continued support. It is always much appreciated. This episode is kind of a long time in the making because Tasha is a good friend of mine, and we've been planning to do something together since I started this podcast. A couple of things that we talk about, I thought that I should give you some sort of an explanation about them so that you understand a little bit better the context of the conversation. So first of all, I talked about going to see Iron Maiden at Gillette. I did not see them at Gillette Stadium, which is the football stadium here in Massachusetts. I actually took the train to see them at Great Woods Amphitheater, which is uh, near Gillette Stadium. Also, she talks about an Iron Reagan show that we went to, which we did go to an Iron Reagan show, but the story that she's telling, we were actually at a sanctuary show. Also, we talk about busing in Boston. And for those of you who don't live in the U.S. or who are younger, you may not be familiar with the term. In the 1970s, actually from 1974 to 1988, Boston was court-ordered to desegregate their schools. And so they started to move people around. And so what was happening was uh, they were busing black kids into predominantly white schools and you weren't going to your neighborhood school anymore. It was a huge problem. And while I think that the sentiment was in the right place, it was a disaster. Uh, Everybody was upset about it and it caused a lot of problems and a lot of violence. And it just turned out to be a terrible thing. And they scrapped it in 1988. Tasha grew up in Dorchester, which is a section of Boston, and she was bused to Hyde Park, which is another borough, if you will, of Boston. Her parents weren't too happy about this, and they sent her to go live with her aunt in Marshfield. Marshfield is suburbia. It's south of Boston. It's near Cape Cod. It's a very nice, predominantly white, especially back then, neighborhood uh, or town, I should say, Uh, Famously, Steve Tyler owns a house there. That's the backstory about busing. And it's important that you guys know about that because it's very much a part of her story. Towards the end of the discussion, it gets a little Boston-centric. But I'm going to leave it in because the sentiment is universal. It's about small venues closing here in Boston, which is sadly not something that's unique to Boston. It's something that's happening all over the country and in fact, all over the world. And it's a really sad state of affairs and it's a very sad outcome brought on by the pandemic. We need to, when things open up, we need to support these small local venues because they're the people who are supporting the local bands, the small local bands. And we need to keep that scene alive because that's the scene that's going to produce the bands that are going to become the next big thing. We need to remember that a place like the Cotton Horses, back when Iron Maiden was playing there, was just a neighborhood pub. 
nothing special, nothing out of the ordinary, just a neighborhood pub that people want to drink some beers and listen to some local live band. When everything opens up, I hope that everyone will support their local music scene. And that includes the local record stores, the local small venues, and the local bands. I also want to let you guys know that I forgot to tell you what the name of the band and song was that I played in episode 16. I told you I was going to tell you in episode 17 and I forgot about it. Most people guessed what it was and tweeted it out, but if you didn't, it was Kingdom Come. The song was The Perfect O. It came out in 1984. They got a lot of flack for being Zeppelin-like. They were called Kingdom Clone and they were much maligned. I saw them live. I thought they were really good live. The other thing that I want to tell you guys about is that this audio is kind of crappy. So I cleaned it up the best I could. My friend was in her car. So you can hear a lot of noise. First of all, you hear her driving. Then you hear her parked. You hear some outside noises. Her phone goes off at one point. I cleaned it up the best that I could, but it's not the best audio. And I apologize for that. But I decided to put this out there because it is a really good conversation. It's really a chat between two friends. And I think that you guys will enjoy it. I opened up this episode with Metallica, the song Whiplash, because Metallica is the first concert that we saw together. I've also included Sacred Reich, some live Sacred Reich, another band that we've seen a couple of times together. And of course, Iron Maiden, because we've seen them the most together. And I picked Run to the Hills because I happen to know that that's one of her favorite Iron Maiden songs. And so with that, we're on to episode 18, my chat with Tasha. No truth! No justice! The American way! All right, so welcome to episode 18 of the Metal Chat Podcast with Melissa. I am here with my special guest, my longtime friend, or my kind of longtime friend. We've known each other for, what, five years now? Yeah. Uh, my buddy, my concert buddy, my beer-drinking buddy, uh, Tasha. Welcome to the show, Tasha. Hey, thanks, um, long time. I know, I know. Tasha and I are going to talk about a bunch of different things. We're going to talk about how she got into metal. We're going to talk about how we met. We're going to talk about some of the shows that we've gone to. We're going to talk about beers that we drink and some of the <laughs> stuff that we had planned that didn't work out and some of the stuff that we hopefully, that we have planned that hopefully is going to work out. Yes. So I guess we should start at the beginning. Before we talk about how you got into metal, let's talk about how we met each other. So, oh, yeah. So kind of a strange little story so the, the listeners most of the listeners know that i had a period where i was going to shows by myself because I didn't, okay. have anybody, I didn't have anybody to go with i had tickets to metallica and i was part of this meetup group or i had a meetup group and i was trying to encourage people to come out to shows with me and that didn't go over particularly well Mm-hmm. I had these this ticket, these two tickets to Metallica, but I had no way of getting there because the show was a little bit far far away from me. It's about an hour, maybe an hour and a half from my house, and you have to have a car, and I don't have a car, so I put a notice. Up. What are you doing? 
We should probably also tell people that you're driving right now because I can hear all this <laughs> noise going on, like on the road or something. I don't know. I can hear you drive. Yeah, you... I can hear you driving. Uh, driving. Oh wow, it's that loud. Yeah, I can hear you. I can you hear the. I can hear like the wind. Do you have your Do you have your window? Do you have your so window quiet. open? Do you have your window open? No, it got cold outside. Okay, because I can hear like I can hear like it's the closed. wind. I can the radio's off and everything. All right. We'll figure this out. So anyway, so I had, so I had these two tickets and I had no way of getting there. So I, I reached out on the, uh, meetup page and I was like, Hey, you know, anybody interested in going to Metallica? I got a ticket if you can, you know, if you can drive there. Tasha responded and we, we chatted back yeah. and forth and I said, I've got the Metallica tickets and you said, I've got a car. You want to talk about how you, Saw the saw the uh, the request and reached out. Yeah, yeah, it was um, it was like a couple of years ago. It was, just, it was five years. Well, two thousand sixteen. Yeah, two thousand sixteen. And prior to that, I used to go to concerts myself, but I also belonged to the um the metal group on Meetup. And you know the you know what. A bunch of people from this meetup group, this metal rock meetup group, we were all supposed to go to see Metallica at um Greatwoods, which is the old name. Yeah, this is what I call it. Anyhow, I was the only one that showed up that was going. Everybody else, like, bailed. There was, like, 14 people or so, 15 people, and they all bailed. I don't understand it. I didn't care. I was going, and then I saw your message, and I was like, "Oh my God, yes, yeah, somebody!" <laughs> yeah, well, and it was actually it was actually at Gillette Stadium. Yeah. Oh, was it Gillette? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah. That's right. Which is um, I got the picture. You got a lot too. of crazy background noise going on, girl. I'm telling you. Is it giving you too much? Yeah, I, I can I can hear I can hear your turn signal. Oh Jesus. You you got super duper mics. Apparently I do. This is a this is a professional operation I'm running around here. <laughs> I'm sorry. I hope it's not too bad. Uh, to be all right. I can try to clean it up a little bit. But so yeah, so I had you know Gillette is not down the street, and you have to have a car to get there. I did take the train there one time years ago by myself to see Metallica. I mean to see Iron Maiden, and that was a that was a nightmare. So, yeah. So. You reach out to me and you're like, yeah, I got a car and I'll go. And we didn't know each other. We'd never met. No. And listen, folks, uh, don't try this at home, getting into a stranger's car. But we decided, <laughs> we decided to, uh, to go for it. And so I met you, I met her at the train station and I, so I show up. I've got a, um, cooler full of beer, which Tasha and I also, not only do we both love metal, but we both love craft beer. So I show up with some beers and I get in the stranger's car. <laughs> and, and Tasha allows a stranger to get it into was the a, car. It was a picnic. I didn't hear you. No, go ahead. Oh, I thought you No, I said it was a nice picnic because I brought some stuff too. Yeah, we brought, we brought a bunch of stuff. So we, we drove down and we got to talking and got to know each other. So I have to ask you, what was your first impression of me? I just thought you were the coolest person, easy to talk to, you know, a lot of knowledge about music, and I love learning, so it, it was great, man, it was great. I just love meeting people, so it's it's easy for me. 
Right. So, you know, were you, were and, you expecting um, somebody younger? Because you and I are close in age. I didn't know what I was expecting in terms of age. I really wasn't even thinking of that. I just wanted to go meeting somebody new, going to a concert finally with someone. That that was my main concern. I didn't really like, you know, like how old you were or it it, it doesn't matter to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I I was I actually thought that you were probably going to be younger, because, you know, I figured you were probably you know, like a 20 something or maybe a 30 something. So I was, wait a minute, I, was, I am younger. <laughs> <laughs> so I was really happy to, to, to know that you were somebody that was a little bit closer in my age. And I, and actually I told Tasha this just recently that I was carrying a switchblade just in case she turned into a psycho. You did? Remember I told you that a couple of years ago that I brought my switchblade with me just in case I needed to stab mm -hmm. you. No, I yeah. never knew that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was. Not, I don't I recall was, you, you know, telling me that. Yeah, I did. Where oh. were we when I was telling you that? I, I forgot where we were, but I was. Yeah, I told you that. I said I made sure that you know, just in case she was going to stab me in my left side. <laughs> Listen, I, you know, you get in a car with somebody you don't know. You don't know what you're going to deal with. You know, I mean, if you were, you know, you I, know what, you were crazy. You know what? I'm the total opposite. I wasn't even thinking of that. I didn't have anything. I mean, I, I'm I'm good with um, I'm good with um, instincts with people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we we were the total opposite. I I had nothing in the car except beer and food, and all I knew was that we're going to have a great time. I'm going yeah. to meet the new person. And we're going to have fun. And we did have, and listen, we had a lot of fun. And I will, I have a picture of the two of us from that day that I will post on, um, on my Twitter. So we get to the show. We had a great time. We, we were, we were tailgating. We met some other guys. They even had a veggie burger for you. Yeah. Throw on the grill. <laughs> we went and had a few beers at, at a bar beforehand. Met some people there and we go to the show and we had a great time at the show. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. opened, which I, I don't love Bowlby, but I thought they were pretty good. Yeah, he was good. Yeah, they were right. But, you know. <laughs> but, uh, so we had, a, we had a lot of fun at that show. And so I was telling you, when we were talking about ourselves, and I was telling you about that I've been old school metalhead and that I'm a huge Iron Maiden fan. And we got to talking about Iron Maiden and Iron Maiden show that was coming up. That was the one that was at Great Woods. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, I don't remember. Did we go someplace else? We, I think we went to a couple other local shows before we went to that show. Did we go on a trip before we went to the Iron Maiden show? I can't remember. No, I think I, I don't think before, I don't think after the Metallica show, I'm, I'm trying to think. The, the only way I could document that is to go through all my videos and pictures. Yeah, I can't remember <laughs> that, but I think we went to like a couple other, like, I think we went to some shows like at the once ballroom. Um, so we went to, so we, so. Oh, Great you, Scott. Did you go to Great Scott with me to see Night Demon? No, you weren't with me to see Night Demon at, uh, Great Scott. I was no, I missed, I missed Demon. So we, we have gone to some shows together. So we went to a bunch of shows and then you and I went to Iron Maiden. So let's backtrack a little bit and you tell everybody how you got into metal because then we will lead up to Iron Me. Okay. Well, we, we kind of filled in how we met. I, I'm, I'm a little older 
than M. So I remember, I remember all of the, my mom, I must have been about seven, eight, nine, or ten. Those who know, uh, Casey Kasem, <laughs> he used to have the countdown of the top forties on Saturday. So I'd be sitting, my mom would be doing my hair and the countdown. So this is like Led Zeppelin, Jimi Hendrix, Janis Joplin, the whole. That was my introduction at such a young age. And my mom was so cool. She didn't, she didn't say, oh, you shouldn't be listening to this type of music or anything like that. She supported me in everything that I wanted to do. Fast forward, I was really into jazz and reggae. I used to go to a lot of those concerts by myself as well. Well, fast forward, I went to middle school for a time. This was during the busing era, and I went to High Park High School. There was a lot of fighting. Anyhow, fast forward, my mother's sister decided to take me out of High Park High and have me go to Marshfield High School in Marshfield, Mass. Now, this is when it began because I was able to make the distinction between white kids beating me up at High Park High and then the white kids in Marshfield who were cool. And they were all walking around at the time with Led Zeppelin. And I was like, wow, this is really cool. So I was around them and... um kind of passively you know I'd listen to the music and you know it was good it was different you know it was a lot different from Jimi Hendrix and what I was used to listening to like just rock and um and then I graduated from Marshfield and I was very sad and so I started investigating these these new this new sound this sorry this new metal sound sorry so when I came back to Boston, I started investigating really hard. Okay, I wanna I wanna find out about these bands that these kids in school I was listening to, blah blah blah. That kinda waned off a little bit because I had my daughter and I lived in the Virgin Islands, St. Thomas, Virgin Islands for about six, seven years. So all I listened to down there was like Calypso, Soak and Reggae music. <laughs> When I came back, then I picked right back up on um, the rock scene. And so, you know, Alona, I met Alona. There was a span between the 80s. I missed like the whole 80s of rock. So I didn't go to any rock concerts. So I was still into jazz and um, and reggae and all of that. But it was it wasn't until the nineties, the nineties, where the scene I lived in Worcester and they, they had a really, really great scene out there. I used to go yeah. to Sir Basil's and you could see like ten rock bands for like five dollars. Yep. We were at probably um, a lot of the same shows. We didn't know each other, but we were at all the same shows. Yeah, the Palladium and and, and I met Alona. You met my friend Alona. Yes. And so she introduced me more to she's a musician and all of that. And she introduced me to more metal, more rock, more everything. And so we started going to concerts. We lived in Worcester. We started going to, uh, oh, what's the name of it? I forgot the name, what it is now. It's, it's the DCU Center. Oh, the, cent the Centrum. The Centrum. 
Yeah, the, the Centrum. Was, yeah. Was, was the, the Centrum. Yeah. And the first band I saw was Metallica. We we went to that. This is in the 90s. Mm-hmm. And from there, from there on, once I found out like about Lollapalooza, and this was a great way for me to see all the bands that I heard about from high school through college. And so I saw just about everyone at, all, you know, Lollapalooza. We mm-hmm. had Great Woods. We went to the one in Vermont. The one I in mean, Vermont we, was the one that uh, Metallica, Metallica played because we went to that one as well. Yeah, and um, yeah, we went camping and everything. It was so cool up there. I loved it. Yeah, so it just started really like from the 90s. So I kind of missed the whole like from the 80s up until the 90s actually going to rock concerts. So that's how come I, I don't, you know, I know of the names, but I didn't of some of the ones that I know now. And, you know, it. It, it was a challenge coming back to Boston. Right. Because there were no, let alone any black women or black guys that I knew that, that loved the metal, that loved rock. Right. And so, so that's one of the reasons why I always went by myself. I didn't let anything or anybody deter me from going. So right. I just went. And, and, and that brings me into meeting you. Right. And so what she found out about me was that I'm the opposite. I've been in the scene for a really long time and I am a huge Iron Maiden fan, which everybody knows I'm a huge Iron Maiden fan. And so I was telling you about, see, I would travel around to see Iron Maiden. We, and that they were coming, they were playing for the Book of Souls tour. They were going to Great Woods. And I said, well, you have to come to Iron Maiden. You have to come see Iron Maiden with me. Um, they're my favorites. We went. Was that before or after we went to the Aussie show? I can't remember. I think the Aussie that show was went before. That. that was before Aussie. Aussie came a little later. So we went once again. We packed up the cooler and yeah. I left the switchblade at home because I wasn't afraid of <laughs> talking. And we went down there. And as a matter of fact, while we were there, we went to this bar and had a few drinks and we met some guys, our friend Lee, who were, yeah. who we're friends with. Uh, who lives not far from me, actually. Uh, we be- became friends with him. We went to the show. We went, we tailgated. We went to the show. Ghost opened for them. And that yes. was the first time that you ever saw Iron Maiden. Now, I have heard of them, but I've never seen them. And they never played them on the radio here in Boston. No, not and if really. They yeah. did. It was, if they did, it was like, you know, one song. They wouldn't do like, you know, a couple of songs. I, I was excited. I, and will tell you that I will go and see any, and I love to travel. Found out that M loved to travel. It was like a match made in heaven. <laughs> right, right, yeah. So we, so we go, so we go, so we went to Iron Maiden. So after that, I would call her up and I would be like, "Okay, we're, we're going to go to this show. We're going to go see this band." And she might not know who the band is, but she was just like, "All right, well, whatever. Just get the tickets and we'll go." So then we went to. I had told her that um I'm in the Iron Maiden fan club and I had told her that I wanted to go on this fan club trip to Europe to see Iron Maiden and you know was this something that she'd be interested in joining me and she said yes so we booked that and so we decided to do a trial weekend away and we went St. Patrick's Day and we went to see Judas Priest oh yeah in Long Island that was our first away yeah concert you know our first overnight concert if you will <laughs> and we had a great time so it was a go 
we have gone, like I said, we've gone to a lot of shows together and we meet a lot of people and we made, uh, we've made a lot of friends, um, Dino and Elvia and we met them at the Sanctuary show and we've, we've met yeah. a lot of people along the way who also are, I'm made fans and metal fans in general and, and whatnot. So then we go to Europe to go, mm. to, to go to the show. And what we did, and I think I've talked to people about this before, but we, when we went to there, when we went there, we had, we're going to the shows in Paris, two shows in Paris. It was the Legacy of the Beast tour. And then we were going to go tool around Europe, check out some other countries and things like that. You had never been to the UK. I love the UK. We definitely were going to go to the UK, check out a few other places. We went to Amsterdam. I kind of wish in, in hindsight that we had seen more shows while we were over there. But I know, but we didn't. We only went to the we only went to the two shows in Paris. But we went we went there, and, and like I said, we both also really like craft beers, which is fun too because everywhere we go, we drink drink local beers. And neither one of us is shy, so we we have no trouble making friends wherever we go. We had a great time at that at that show. At that at that that was a good trip, and we pulled around uh, Europe. We went to Amsterdam, and we went to Brussels, Brussels, London. Yeah. We were in London and uh, we had a great time. Unfortunately, I screwed up because we were in London and we could have gone to the Cotton Horses and I totally fucked that up. It wasn't until we got back to the States that I went, oh shit. Yeah. We were right there too. We were right, right in the neighborhood. I don't know how I managed to forget that. And we were going to go to the Robinson Brewery, but that's a little bit further. It's not in the London area. It's in the Manchester area. So we weren't, we didn't, we didn't do that because it was just a little bit too, too far away and we had time constraints. So we weren't able to do that. So we came back home. We continued to go to shows. Then, being the Iron Maiden freak that I am, I got to go see them everywhere, <laughs> like booking stuff left and right. So I was like, "All right, so we're gonna we got to go see them in Brooklyn." So we went down to Brooklyn. Yeah. And I should say that we we go to Brooklyn quite a bit. We like Brooklyn. We have a hotel that we stay in. We have a we have a food truck we really like. We have a restaurant yeah. we really like. <laughs> it's kind of our second home. Right. To Brooklyn. We were going to the show, and of course, we met up with our friends from Long Island, and we made friends with a lot of people. And as a matter of fact, one of those guys, Ralph, was a guest on this very podcast. He was Hi, actually, Ralph! He was actually my first guest. We talked about Judas Priest. Of course, we ended up talking about Iron Maiden, because all roads lead to Iron Maiden. Right. <laughs> so, so we made, um, so we made a lot of, and then while we were there, we also ran into our friends Dino and Elvia. Yes! Dino and I spent, I don't know, what, six hours talking about 80s metal. It was like four in the morning. And his wife was like, all right, you have to, we have to leave now. <laughs> I think they were throwing us out of the bar at that point. Oh, that bar, like, that bar in New York? Remember when we, he and I were sitting there talking oh, and talking yeah. and talking. And I think it was last call, like four in the morning. Like, all right, we got yeah. go. to go. Yeah. I, I could just talk to him forever. We were at the round table and yeah. we met the, the guy from um, from Canada. What's his name? Oh yeah, and then we ended up seeing him later on. Well, that's a whole nother story, but yeah, that's a whole nother story. <laughs> so we go to the show. We have a great time at the show. It was a lot of fun. We we went to the um both the Brooklyn shows, and then I went to the show in Philly because I got I got family in Philly, and then I came back and we went and saw the show here in again at Great Woods. Yeah, right? the Legacy of the Beast tour, and then we were going to Canada. It was another fan club trip. And we went up to Canada and we went to Montreal and Quebec City. And while we were in Montreal, we're, we're sitting at this outdoor <laughs> dining area, which is like upstairs. We had to go upstairs. And so we're like overlooking the street and we're sitting there and we're getting ready to order drinks. 
And all of a sudden, Tasha sees this guy from New York across the street. He's like walking down the street, and she—he—I forgot his name. Blaine was his name. Blaine. Blaine. Yeah. And you're yelling, yeah. Blaine, Blaine, from across the street. The guy's looking around, like, "What?" She, we're like up. We're up in like I don't know, like the third floor of this building. <laughs> My eagle eye. Crazy people. Yeah. Good thing one of us can see. And <laughs> just—it was just that was crazy. But those were great shows as well. That was fun and. We, we tooled around Montreal. We tooled around Quebec City. We've been very fortunate in that everywhere we've traveled to, we've had really great weather. Yeah. It was really hot in Europe when we were there, and we like it hot. We both like it hot. It was it was really nice and warm and hot when we were in Quebec as well, so that was great. And then we made another friend after the show, our friend Dave, who lives in uh, Nova Scotia. That we oh, yeah. and then yeah. we, then we we flew with him to the Toronto, but then he was going to the Toronto show, but unfortunately we had to come home because we had to work. Yeah, and so we didn't get to do that. And then so we've gone to a lot of ton, tons and tons of shows, and we had planned on going to see Iron Maiden this past year, 2020. Everybody knows this story because I've been boohooing about it for quite some time. But we were <laughs> going to go to Australia and New Zealand. To go to Australia, which has always been my dream, and to New Zealand, and and to tool around there, but also to see Iron Maiden. So we had like seven shows planned that we were going to go to, because then after that we were going to go to Download Festival. Yeah. And we were going to be able, we were going to fly into Manchester, and we were going to go to the Robinson Brewery, and all of our buddies from Long Island, Ralph and all those guys, were also going to be at the show. And that was going to be a lot of fun. Was that was going to be madness. Yeah, and Kiss was one of the nights, was headlining one of the nights, and you've never seen Kiss. So there's, no. a, lot of, so there's, there's a lot of bands on there that you had never seen that I was excited for you to see. Because I really love introducing people to bands. Like, I love introducing Tasha to bands, being like, like when, when, we, when I took her to Iron Maiden, she saw Iron Maiden. It was sort of like, I was like a proud mom, kind of like, because I, I turned her on to my band. Because I've said this before, I have 13 nieces and nephews, and not one of them is a metalhead. And I don't have any kids, so it's like, I was able to kind of like, take Tasha onto my wing and be like, let me let me introduce you to the bands that I love. And, and she loves them too, and so that that's very gratifying to me. And I I loved the fact that she also loved, and fell in love with Iron Maiden and loved the show as well. Well, yeah, I mean, they're... They're totally, you know, I could go see bands and just listen to them and, okay, that was great. But I am made and they're, they're a different beast, pun intended. <laughs> their lyrics, their performance, the musicians. What I love in bands the most are, especially the drummer, and I love, love guitarists. I, the lead singer, I could go either way, but he can't have like a really screamy, you know, like a screamy voice. It, it has to be a, a mix between not really high pitch, but, but you have to be able to sing. Right. You have to be able to convey to me what your lyrics are. And, and the voice is all part of it. Right. But I mean, they, they were just, they were just so tight. They were just, I, I love that in bands. They're the total package. And Iron Maiden fans are so great. We are. We're the best fans. Well, yeah, except for that, that one guy in, uh, where were we, in Texas? Oh, well, that guy. But he didn't doesn't count. Yeah, he, he doesn't count because he was one out of 
whatever, but... Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's oh, you always get... Listen, there's meatheads everywhere. There's meatheads everywhere. But overall, Iron Maiden fans are really great, and, and uh, we're really friendly, and we're really inviting and inclusive. So let's talk about the fact that you are an African-American woman who loves metal. And well, I'm, I'm going to correct we go to, you. We I'm going to correct you. One correction. All right. I know African-American is politically correct. I'm black. All right, she's black. <laughs> Actually, she's not black. She's more like brown. I'm looking at her right now. <laughs> so Yeah, it, it's so, an anomaly. Well, here's the thing is, it's not as much of an anomaly as it used to be. Because I, I mean, I've been going to shows a long, long time. And you're seeing more and more people who are black, who are, who are, Asian, who, who, who are gay, who are women, which was even an anomaly, especially in extreme metal back in the, back in the early days. So you're seeing a lot, a lot more of that now, but I'm not, let's be, but let's be fair in, in saying that more often than not, I would have to say pretty much everywhere we've gone, you're pretty much the only black person. There was that, there was a black girl at, I think it was, um, Iron Maiden at, because she bumped into me and she was rude about it. Oh, we, we were at, um, I think we were at the Barclay in, and I was coming out of the bathroom. And, and this Where? Was at Barclays in Brooklyn. And I came oh, out of the bathroom and she bumped into me and she, she was rude. Oh, really? But, so, so you are more often than not the only black person in the room. So the question is, and I know the answer to this question. So I'm, but I'm asking it for everybody else is how you feel about that. As I said, like going back to, when I used to go to jazz concerts and, and reggae, it, it doesn't bother me because, and I, I think a lot of my training, as I alluded to um, earlier, when I was in high school in High Park High, and there were just a lot of white kids, very few black kids went to that school. So I very, and when my aunt took me out of that situation and placed me to live with her in Marshfield, I very quickly learned the difference between white kids in Marshfield and white kids in the city. And so in my mind, I I had to grow up pretty quick in terms of distinguishing between white kids that are friendly and white kids that, that want to hurt me. Mm-hmm. So that prepared me when I came back to Boston. I actually had my white friends that I went to um, middle school and high school with making fun of me because my whole demeanor, everything changed about me. And I was able to distinguish between, I, I was able to, it, it was no problem dealing with white people here in Boston mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because it, it, it wasn't an issue. Marshfield really going to high school out there really prepared me. I could deal with anything. Mm-hmm. And then in addition to that is that travel. When you travel and I traveled before I met you, that I met like various people from all over the world. Mm-hmm. So that also prepared me as well. Back to going out to concert, it really doesn't bother me. I'm going for the music, and if I meet people, which I know I always do, it's it's a welcome, you know. So yeah. I, I I really I really don't feel afraid. I really don't being the only 
black woman <laughs> in just about every concert. Yeah. Maybe I would see, I, I would more so see maybe one or two black guys. Right. But no black women. Mm-hmm. But it didn't bother me because, you know, I'm there for the music like right. everybody else. Right, right. You right. know? No, I, I mean, it's something that is obviously racism in general has sort of been brought a little bit more to the forefront in the conversation lately. And, and it has come up a lot in the metal world in general, just because the world in general, but it has also come up in the metal world because there are a lot more metal artists that are that are black as well. You see a lot more people on stage. You know, it's not just Jimi Hendrix or Slash. Yeah. You know, and you see a lot more people now. A lot more inclusivity in general, not not just uh people of different ethnicities, but just everybody in general, which I I think is great. I always think that it's great that you have the confidence and as you should, everyone should have the confidence to just go do their thing. You know, when we were in Quebec, we there was a kid that was there that was visibly handicapped. And, you know, and there he was. You know, he traveled from the UK to to go to see his favorite band. And oh, yeah, I remember. I, and that was just, I thought that was great, you know, that he was just like, yeah, I'm going to go do my thing. You know what I mean? You know, you have to be that way. I mean, I encourage everyone that's listening to this, just, you know, do your thing and, and, and do what you love the hell with everybody else around you and you know yeah, you'll make friends you make friends it you know you'll find the people that you'll find the people that 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 will accept you and, and be cool with you yeah and um really don't let your don't let peer pressure or your friends like make fun of you or deter you from you know doing what you love doing what you like you know right. i mean i i was i was made fun of i mean seriously you know i Oh, well, you know, she thinks she's white, comments like that, or, oh, she, she dresses differently now, or, you know, your hair, or, I mean, just really silly, asinine comments. You know, I was like, oh, well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just, you just have to be yourself. You just have to, yeah, be, you, you have you, to be yourself. Yeah, I was like, oh, well. <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm going to continue to, to march forward to my own beat, so to speak. <laughs> right. Own metal beat. Yeah. Well, you know, my mom loved music. And when my mom was alive, I would take her down to the, not the hat shell. What's the, um. Esplanade. No, not the ask. Oh. Well, that too. What's the one with me you and Linda went to, um, we saw Lamb of God and. Or uh, Haberlites or whatever it's called this year. Yeah, Haberlites. Yeah. I used to take my mother down the concert stage well into her 80s and 90s. I would still keep her, you know, in the music scene, so to speak. <laughs> no, we didn't take her to Lamb of God. No, we Blair. didn't. <laughs> but I'm telling you, if she were alive, I would most definitely take her. <laughs> I would. You have a daughter. You alluded to the fact that you have a daughter. But your daughter yeah. is not a metalhead. You want to tell somebody what, what your daughter thinks about your my, my, my daughter, she really, she really doesn't, you know, she knows that I like different types of music. With metal, it's really, she doesn't really say like, oh, where are you going or what are you doing? Well, she does say mm. where are you going. You know that. Yeah. She calls me at every. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, but it's really, she, you know, say, oh, ma, why, why do you like rock? Why do you like metal? No, she, um, she sees my t-shirt. 
person. <laughs> and it's like, oh, well, this is just something that my mom loves and she mm -hmm. loves going to the concerts. So I, I really do not get any backlash from her. But it's 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 interesting though because M will tell you what whenever we go to a concert and especially if we go anywhere international, my daughter is calling me like clockwork. Oh yeah, and she didn't understand the whole time difference thing in uh, Europe, and she's like calling it like five o'clock in the morning. I know, poor M. It's like can you put that thing on silent? Oh, or? I have mad insomnia. I'm finally falling asleep, and then that phone goes off. Oh, oh my god! She does keep an eye on you. Sometimes it's like the daughter has become the mother. Right, and she, also she picks you up and drops you off at her at your shows, and right. when we're going out drinking, she'll pick us up and she'll pick us up and drop, drop us off, off. And, you know, all that. And, and, and also. Em, you could, uh, you could attest to this. It's like, I won't tell my daughter where we're going, especially international, till maybe about two weeks before. <laughs> well, the, the funny thing is I booked the, everything was booked for, um, Australia, New Zealand. And I was like, um, have you told Rita yet? And you're like, not yet. Not yet. <laughs> it's like, do you want to let her know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I will. About, about a week, couple of days before. She'll see my bags packed and, and you know, get, <laughs> and she'll know. get the hints. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because you did actually tell her about Australia kind of kind of late. Like, it was like the first of the year or something, and we were or February, or something, and we were going in May. Yeah. Yeah. I still have my bags packed, too. I think she I does. told you she that. Does, folks. She still has her bags packed. Tasha and I do other stuff. We, like I said, we like drink beers. We go to a lot of beer gardens. And we oh, yeah. Still we used to go to Metal Yoga, but yeah. um, unfortunately, um, that lady has moved to Texas. So it's online now, which I did once online and that wasn't, I'm not a very, I'm not very good at yoga and it was really hard for me to do it. I'm trying no, to watch it on my TV it. and with the cat trying to lay on the mat and I was like, oh, well, I can't really do this. So yeah, I mean, but that's a fun thing. And so what we found out is that, you know, we have a lot of stuff in common, actually. And we have mutual friends now. And I've introduced her to my friends and she's introduced me to her friends. And then we have friends that we've met along the way together. And so it's great. We've been wanting to do this for a while. We've been talking about you coming on the podcast since before I started the podcast. And we just had never yeah. really gotten around to it, you know, work life and we'll never really get around to it but then we did finally get to see each other we haven't seen each other we went out last weekend and that was the first time we've seen each other in a while since the last since san antonio yeah that was another thing that we did we went to san we went to see see iron maiden in san antonio and it was like i i called i called tasha and i was like you know what i'm freaking out there there this tour is almost over we got to go one more time you want to go to san antonio she's like yeah great so we go to san antonio we were on the floor <laughs> and she moved towards the the front I don't really go to the front of the stage anymore because I already, I did that already. That I don't want to push and shove, whatever. But you, you were like standing in front of Yannick when he dropped the guitar, right? Yeah, I was. And, and also a note for you, for you late. <laughs> Remember we were at, I'm going back, but sorry, Em, when we were, um, at the once, I think it was, um, Ian Reagan was there. I'm not sure. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I was having a wonderful time and I had to explain to my, I was dancing with this guy, just having a great time. I fell. I also got a drumstick. But unbeknownst to me, when I woke up to go to work the next morning, I had a black eye. <laughs> she was kind of in the pit. <laughs> she was also ripping. 
She was also ripping the chairs out at Slayer. We were third row at Slayer. They started ripping the chairs out. She just starts ripping the chairs out with them. Like, I'm just moving along. I'm going to go stand over there. And I moved down and was standing in front of Tom Araya, And you were off to the side ripping up chairs. So she gets into it, you know. I get into it. But yeah, San Antonio, that, that was a good show. Yep, and it was hot there too. Again, we had yeah. good weather. And yes, we did meet some kind of crappy people there, but yeah. you know, that's to be expected, you know, but yeah. we take care of each other and that's, and that's part of the beauty of going to a show uh, with somebody is that not only, you know, you have somebody to hang with, but you also, you know, have somebody, you know, have your back. Uh, yeah, so we just, so we do that. We, you know, we, we, we take care of each other and that's what it's all about. I look forward to going to more shows with you. Um, Same here, Em. Hopefully uh, we can get shows back and we can get some travel back. At the very least, the um, beer gardens will be opening up. Oh, yes, and, I, uh, I hope so. I I really hope so. But more so than that, I I just miss the music. I Yeah. You know, be, before, like all day today, I just had it on YouTube. I'm playing Judas Priest some. Um, Jimi Hendrix, Iron Maiden. I mean, I was just playing like a whole host of, I have to fill my soul. I don't, I don't know about you, but I have to fill my, my soul with, um, with, with music. Well, I listen to music all day long. I mean, I, as you know, I'm not much of a TV watcher unless I'm watching music stuff on YouTube. <laughs> the turntable, I have a record collection of CDs and, I'm doing a podcast about music and I listen to other podcasts about music and I listen to music all the time and I, I'm quite involved in the metal scene. My, it's my hobby. It's my passion. It's my love. It's pretty much what I do all the time. I was just listening to the, the new Smith Cotson, um, album today and the new Who is that? Smith Cotson, you know, Adrian Smith, um, and put out. Oh, yeah. Um, but it's not a, well, it's not a solo, it's solo that it's just, he's the only Iron Maiden guy, but it's not a solo album because of, with Richie Kotzen from Winery Dog. Is that his recent one, M? Yeah, it just came out last month. I'll oh, send you, okay. you know what, I'll send you the MP3. I have the MP3, I'll send it to you. I have oh, the MP3 okay, cool. and I have the Red Album. And then I was cool. listening to the new Cannibal Corpse and, and today is Bandcamp Friday, which means they waived the fees on Bandcamp, and I managed to spend $40 on Bandcamp before 6 a.m. this morning. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, that's awesome. So, uh, yeah, uh, whenever they have the, um, whenever they waive the fees for the bands on Bandcamp on fri um, Fridays, they do it like, I don't know, like every couple of months on a Friday. Yeah. I usually uh, go and make several purchases. So I bought a bunch of Night Demon stuff and some, what else did I buy? Oh, nice. Anyway, I bought a lot of stuff. So, yeah, I managed to drop 40 bucks before I even went to work this morning. Oh, there you go. And I actually still have some stuff on my list that I have to get before midnight tonight so that they, so that the bands get all, don't have to pay the fee. I, so I, I spent a lot of money on music. So, yeah, I mean, uh, I'm always listening to music, constantly listening, listening to music and buying albums and so on and so forth. Yeah, I'm trying to get my mom. She has, uh, um, her old, um, stereo set i gotta see if it works so i could play some albums because i love listening to vinyl yeah me too me too i i just love vinyl do you know of that that record store on mass ave in kenmore square well there's that one on commonwealth ave kenmore square and then there's a yeah one yeah that 
that one. Yeah, have yeah. You, have you been in there? I haven't been in there. It's funny that you should mention that I haven't been in there in a couple of years. I was just talking to my friend uh, Timmy about down there. I was just at Stereo Jacks, which is here in uh, Cambridge, two weeks ago. Bought some stuff in there. Where's that? In Harvard Square? It's in Porter Square. Oh, Porter. Yeah. It doesn't okay. have, they don't have a large metal. It's mostly like jazz and blues. Yeah. It's aggressive. Like I got some King Crimson and, um, Frank Marino. And so I didn't really, I don't think I got any metal while I was there that day because I was smell a lot of different kind of stuff too. A lot of progressive stuff too. So there's a bunch of, there's a, there's a lot of good record stores around. Apparently there's a good one up in Newburyport. So we have to, uh, take a little trip up. Oh. There. Yeah, nice road trip. Yeah, yeah, go up there and uh and and check that place out. Oh, isn't that weird? Cause I, Alona and I, we we go to Gloucester, Newburyport a lot, and yeah, I don't know exactly where it is. My friend Timmy was telling me about it, so we're gonna have to we'll have to check that out. Yeah, that'll be awesome because I used to look through a lot of my my older brother. He was big on LPs. He also had a nice collection of rock at the time you know older than me but he had a nice collection of rock albums soul so also perusing as a little girl perusing through his large collection yeah um was also another influence but i i absolutely love vinyl and um i have to make it a point to hopefully my mother's old stereo works and and then i could you know do some album shopping because I don't know. It's just nothing like vinyl. I mean, CDs and tapes are okay, but vinyl, I mean, vinyl, you hear everything. Oh, yeah, you do hear it. Sometimes you hear more than you want to hear, but more than I, you want. I, like it. I do like it, too. And, of course, now vinyl's become such a big, um, there's been such a big resurgence in it. Um, a lot of vinyl is expensive now, and there's a lot of reissues and, and yeah. whatnot, you know. And I belong to that, um, the Gimme uh, Vinyl Club. And so I get a I get an a album a reissue every month of a from who album. from so, where from Gimme Metal. I'll, oh really? Yeah, we'll we'll talk about it off air. But uh, yeah, yeah. But, they, but the only thing about the only thing about that is they pick the album. It's it's every month. It's a different album. It's a reissue yeah. of of like an older album and stuff like that. Sometimes they pick the album and you're like, eh, I don't know about this. But so far, I've been I've been happy with. Um, there's only one that I was just kind of like, eh, I didn't really care about this. But ev- everything else, I've been happy with. Oh, that's that's awesome, Em. Yeah, I mean, so I I want to ask you. I know you're speaking to me, but I want to ask you how do you how do you feel about you know this this podcast your podcast i'm so proud of you because i remember you speaking about it and you know and i listened to i think i have about two more episodes of yours to catch up on but how do you feel about that i well thanks for asking you know i feel really good about it i was a nervous wreck when i started and i still don't completely know what i'm doing you know editing is still something i'm learning but i feel good about it i mean i've i've got some people that that listen weekly and that are very supportive. And I've been very fortunate that people in the podcast community have been very supportive and I've made friends. It's fun. But I will say it's basically a second job. It's yeah. a lot of work. It's a lot of work, you know. Um, when I did the last two episodes, there was a lot of editing involved. It took a long time. So, yeah. but, but you know, it's, it's a fun hobby and it's something to do. It's something to do to keep me connected to the music and keep me connected to the people like us. I was telling somebody on Twitter, you know, 
you know, I'm getting to meet more of my people, you know, so it's great. It's yeah, just that, it's been really great. That's, that's awesome. That's, that's awesome. I, I would encourage you to continue to keep doing what you're doing. And, and, and I think it's, I believe when things open up, meaning, you know, we could travel again and yep. I, had spoken to you about this over dinner last week that doing those live broadcast it's going to be so awesome Abby. yeah i i have a lot of a lot of plans for future when we get back to going to live shows and everything opens up so it's going to be it's going to be fun so i'm excited about it and i'm excited about traveling and meeting up with some of the people that i've connected with through the podcast yeah and so it's going to be great yeah that's that's really awesome i'm this it's really encouraging. You know, I saw on the Once, I know the Once isn't open yet, but they've been doing live shows. Well, the Once ballroom sadly closed and it's not going to reopen. They are still doing virtual, but they're not reopening. It's Oh, they're not? No, unfortunately, they could not hold on to their lease. Um, they had a GoFundMe. I contributed to it. I know a lot of people did, but yeah. Um, yeah. Fortunately, a lot of these small venues, they couldn't hang on through the pandemic. And it's really, really sad because I loved that place. We saw tons of shows there. It was close yeah. to We used to go to Metal Yoga there. It was just a great yeah. little venue. We had plans to see shows there. We, yeah, we, did. we were going to see Night Demon. Uh, yeah. We were going to see their Midnight. We had a bunch of shows planned to go to there that ended up getting canceled. We had shows planned for the Paradise that got canceled. Yeah. But, but yeah, the Paradise is still the paradise open, is right? Still, the Paradise didn't, didn't close down, you know. And what about Hopper's Ferry? Oh, Brighton Musical? Right, yeah. Brighton Musical. To the best of my knowledge, they're still um, they're still hanging in. So, yeah, there's a lot of shows. I've been to a lot of shows there as well. Hopefully, they're still going to be. And then Great Scott closed, which is really sad. But then they're talking oh, no. about maybe finding a different location. So we'll see what happens with that. But this is something that's not unique to Boston. Unfortunately, there's been a lot of small venues throughout the country that have, and probably even the world, that have yeah. had a fold because they just couldn't afford, you know, they just couldn't afford the overhead. And so it's it's the really, really sad part of, you know, some other tragedy and casualty of the pandemic. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, it's really devastating and crucial because, Especially during a time like this, it's like people need music. They need some type of upliftment, some type of stimulation to, you know, keep them going. But not only during the pandemic, but afterwards, where are people going to go? To these small little pockets in the neighborhood that kept so many people in tuned with um you know with music and their favorite bands and right and the i mean the other the other you know sad part about that is is that a lot of the bands that played there they're not playing the bigger venues right they're small bands they're not playing they're not i mean a lot of the bands that that we saw at the once are like local bands you're not seeing you're not even seeing those at the house of blues or 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 a bigger venue you know they're they're playing the small places you know and so it takes away for them as well they're you know because the other place that closed down if you live in the boston area for any length of time, you're familiar with the Middle East. Don't tell me they closed that too. too? Yeah, it's going to be condos. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, they sold the building. This was something I believe was in the works, though, before the pandemic. Really? Yeah. Oh, man. I I can't tell you how many bands I've seen down there. Right. I've seen Soul Asylum down there. I mean, I've seen, oh, my gosh. I've seen, I it can't even, I, the list would be, we'd be here all day if I told you everybody. Exactly. I'd go down there. 
I mean, it's, just, and they had really good food. They had probably the best. Yes. If you like hummus. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but but yeah, so the, I mean that's gone too, and that was another venue, another venue that was pretty close to my house. You know, easy. Now. Yeah, they yeah. had the upstairs. They had the upstairs yep. and downstairs. And upstairs, they would have acoustic or smaller bands, yeah. um, trios and duos, and yeah. Oh man, I seen so many. Oh my gosh, I love that place. I know, it's gone. It's it's very sad, and and that's why it's important that we support these places on that note i am going to wrap this up we can still talk but i am going to wrap up this recording because this is getting to be going to be long and i have to and i do have to edit some stuff okay but don't 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 edit the good stuff no i don't i don't do a lot i don't i don't really edit interviews next time we'll do this a little bit in a quieter place but i do want to thank you for coming on i do appreciate you coming on and i do appreciate your friendship you'll come back on and we'll talk about upcoming shows that we're going to and then uh, we'll be hopefully going to shows you know getting back into the swing of things yeah um thank you i i appreciate you too and you're a good friend i love you and i'm so proud of you yeah we'll, we'll do another we'll do another one we'll do another one <laughs> We'll do a redo. All right. I'm going to stop recording. Don't hang up. I love you, man. All right. All right. Editor's note. So I cleaned this up the very best that I could. I hope that it is not too bad. And I hope you don't mind too much of the Boston talk at the end. But I do think that what we talk about is something that is universal to everyone around the world, that we're all dealing with the same pandemic and the fallout from the pandemic. And in case you didn't know, she calls me M. But that's it. I'll see you guys next time. Until then, be well. (laughs)